This episode of the Business Samurai Podcast is brought to you by Lamar Marie Popcorn. You can get now one bag and get a second bag for half off with the code BARKER at checkout. So if you like your snacks a little sweet, a little salty, a little mixture of both, go check out LamarMarie.com and all of the flavors that they have for your next snacking sensation. That is LamarMarie.com with code BARKER at checkout for buy one, get one, half off. If you know your business needs to be more secure, but don't know how it drives value, and you hate all of the technical mumbo jumbo, then you are in the right place. Welcome to the C Word for Business podcast, where cash is king and the C stands for cyber. The only cybersecurity related podcast aimed at you, the business leader, to cut past the jargon and help you with cyber risk management in terms you will understand. Business. You will learn the best tech-related metrics to track, how communication is the lifesaver when it comes to cyber, and how good policy will fix the weak link when it comes to security. People. Listen in on conversations with world-class business leaders and how they manage risk. We will deconstruct their processes on how they choose to protect themselves, their team, and customers. You are stepping into a world of proactive business with your hosts, AJ Orr and John Barker. Hey, everyone. Welcome to the C-Word in Business podcast. I am your co-host, John Barker, and as always, I've got AJ Orr on deck. Welcome, everybody. Good seeing everybody. How you doing, John? I am doing excellent, man. I'm super excited today because we have a trainer savant with us. We have Mr. Ken Underhill. Ken is the executive producer and host of the Cyber Life television show, which reaches millions of viewers each month around the world on the Binge Networks app, Amazon, Roku, and a whole more. Like The list is like 110 or 111 or something like that. I'm sure Ken will correct me. Uh, Ken has worked a number of security roles in his career, including as a pen tester. He has won multiple industry awards for his work to improve diversity in the industry and is an advocate for women's rights. Ken educates around 2.6 million people each year through his online cybersecurity courses and is a cybersecurity executive at educational tech startup Rapid Ascent. He holds a graduate degree in cybersecurity and information assurance from Western Governors University, mentors thousands of young women in cyber each year, and sits on the advisory board for several startups and nonprofits in the U.S. and abroad. Ken, super happy to have you here today, man. Yeah, thanks for having me, guys. I definitely appreciate it. That's a heck of a bio, man. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) That's a a, a light version, guys. (laughs) I I was wondering. (laughs) No, awesome. No, no. And lots of credentials there. So for for those of us, you know, not not familiar with it, tell us how you got into cyber and quite frankly, how you came up with the idea for Cyber Life TV, because that's amazing. (laughs) Yeah. So my my journey was your more traditional one. I mean, I I did come from healthcare, medic and nurse uh, and some military service. And then I went into healthcare IT. And just as part of that, I started doing like network security, some analyst work, some incident response, and uh, sort of became a jack of all trades at a smaller company because I didn't want to... It's weird when, when that happens. Like you get all these extra jobs, but not the salary or the extra money. I don't, <laughs> right. I don't understand that. It's, it's a weird math equation. I don't understand. So that's that's how I ended up in that. And uh, a few years uh, was, I mean, it's been a number of years now, I started creating online courses to try to help other people. Uh, when I was doing my graduate degree that was struggling with some of the certification things and uh, the vendor content, I was just like, this doesn't make any sense. Let me try to make sense of this chaos for people. Um, and that's that's kind of how I got my start with uh, the educational aspect of things. And uh, like you said, I mean, I'm at the point of in the millions now, but, uh, you know, I still still remember the first person uh, that I had reached out saying, thank you so much for the course. Awesome. You know, there's a lot of haters on that first course, <laughs> but uh, you always get those. But uh, there was that one person that kind of said thank you and, and kept me going 
all these years. Uh, and the TV show, I mean, I had a podcast came out with back in, um, I think it was 2019, started putting out a podcast because people wanted me, wanted to listen to me as they were driving to work and stuff. I don't, I still don't know why, but uh, <laughs> they want, they wanted to, I uh, had an opportunity actually to, to do a TV show. I knew some people that were um, doing a streaming TV show channel and stuff like that. Uh, I, I've pivoted from that one since then, but I was like, I don't know anyone with the, I, I know a lot of podcasters, right? I know a lot of people with YouTube channels and, mm-hmm. and, and Twitch and whatnot, but like nobody has a cybersecurity TV show. So why not? That is true. So it's uh, <laughs> been a journey. It's been a very, uh, very interesting learning journey. I've learned a lot about like television production and, and it's a, it's a different ball game, like a podcast or something, right? I'm, I, I can spin up a camera any day of the week and tr- teach a course. That's no trouble. But like being in studio and dealing with cut and this and that, I'm like, can we just film, please? Yeah, <laughs> so it's uh, there's a lot of challenges with that and the editing and stuff. But it's been really, really great, and um, you know, really been able to uh, to explode. Uh, you know, I pivoted to a new distribution company a, a short time ago, and it's exploded globally since then. And like you said, it's over 100 channels syndicated. Uh, they they add more uh, more streaming channels all around the world. I mean, I've got. Uh, just about every country, except for, you know, the ones you don't want people in, like, you know, Iran and stuff like that. <laughs> uh, they may watch it, but I don't know. And, and uh, I, I don't what they say the ones that don't in the stand. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So uh, so who, who knows? But, you know, it's it's uh, it's been a fun experience. Uh, it's been, uh, like I said, a good learning experience. And uh, so far, people seem to love the show. So uh, I'm loving it. It's, it's awesome. just a fun time. Who's who's the target demographic uh, kind of aimed at? Who's the show crafted around and for? Yeah, it's interesting. It's the more general public who actually seems to be like, this is great. <laughs> That's okay. where the biggest audience is. You, there are cool. a number of security professionals and aspiring you know, cybersecurity people that, that watch the show too. But the big big audience is uh, is the general public. And they love, you, you see here on, on uh, screen, I think a little bit of you know one of the videos on the website, but uh, they love the episodes with the kids. Because yeah. they feel like it's, uh, if you guys remember the Bill Nye, the science guy show, oh, they feel yeah. like it's like that. Even though, well, I guess spoiler alert, if you watch the lock picking one, we don't get any locks on, on that. But people love that. They just love <laughs> the aspect of, you know, you're, just, you're teaching them something as you're doing this stuff. So, yeah, it's been a great experience. Those kids on those episodes had a blast. They didn't want to leave the studio. Uh, the parents had to, like, force them out. They're like, more episodes. I'm like, we're, we're done for the day. <laughs> so it's, uh, it's been fun, though. It's been definitely a fun learning experience. And of course, all this during the pandemic, right? As soon as I, 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 I inked the deal for the show, all of a sudden, here comes this pandemic, you know, causing chaos in our lives. So. The world seemingly shuts down. No, I, I think it's cool that, uh, you know, and I'm interested into, so what prompted you or really kind of got you down the, the path of promoting diversity in in the the tech sector because i I, it's one of the things i'm super passionate about as well as uh helping to promote and 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 support veteran and veteran entrepreneurs and uh veterans in general helping them find what their next chapter is after service and so thanks for your service for uh as well but what, what got you involved in in that aspect of supporting and promoting diversity within the tech sector i think it's a very uh important uh mission and so i'm glad you kind of helped take up that mantle yeah, it's interesting when I when I get questions around that because you you know some people have like this epiphany moment you know and the you know the stars fell from the sky and all this stuff like I've always just treated people the same like I don't I, I mean I was raised that way like everyone's equal and 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 for me it's abnormal to be in a situation I'm not naive I've I've you know I've I've been in uh, situations my my wife is black and so uh, we've been in situations where people don't like that fact. Uh, since we especially live here in the south, <laughs> we have to be careful in some aspects of you know where we travel to, et cetera. 
Um, but like you said, I'm, I'm a veteran and I'm an armed veteran, so I'm not too concerned uh, <laughs> over most areas here in Texas. More uh, than a keyboard. More than a keyboard. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, that, 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 you know, that anyways, we won't go down that rabbit hole, but the the reality is it's just, it's not, um, for me, it hasn't been any, it's just, it's just kind of what I do. And I, and I noticed that there's a lot of uh, challenges when I speak with people about, you know, things like microaggressions, et cetera. And, and someone has to, has to be out there and I'm like the palest white guy in the world, but like someone has to be out there because I can get in situations, I can get in conversations that, and I can get access to people that other individuals can't get access to because of, you know, the fact that I'm a pale white guy in America, right? So I have that access and, and I leverage that. And I've been kicked out of a lot of boardrooms. I've been kicked out of a lot of executive meetings mm-hmm. in, you know, in, in the past and, and different, uh, even been kicked out of a few conferences. Uh, but you, you have to speak your mind. You have to stand up for what's right. And I don't care. You know, I, I just never cared about what others think of, you know, things like that. So um, for me, it's it's not uh, like I said. There's no epiphany moment or anything. It's just the the right thing to do, and I and we need more diversity. And you know, I think when people think of that term, they automatically think you know racial or something, because uh, that's how people think in the U.S. oftentimes. But right. it's it's also more about you know diversity of of course gender and gender gender identification, uh, as well as diversity of thought. Because that's I grew that. up extremely tough, extremely poor. I mean, homeless multiple times. You know, your traditional thing if you look up. You know, stuff like that. But what I found is that there's other people that grew up in privilege, but they also had different challenges, you know, than yeah. I had, you know, growing up and stuff like that. So we need, we have to have that meshing of thoughts. And, and when you just have like one type of person from one background, from one, you know, one university, you know, thoroughbred or whatever, you know, your traditional thing you see in the movies, there's no way possible we can ever win the cyber fighter even have a chance of winning it we, we have to have people from all walks in life i've seen a lot of like i said microaggressions out there a lot of especially women get it when you know they're in a room full of men and the men are instantly like they have you know, oh they're they don't know what they're talking about this happens so often even even men that sit here and claim diversity and all that stuff on social media but they're in those rooms and they're the ones doing the microaggressions against these individuals so i call them out I'm very vocal. I'm not a fan of people that when you see a, a transgression of someone against someone else, especially like on social media, you try to hide the name and blur the name and stuff like that. Uh-uh. Throw their name out there. Let people know <laughs> that this is the jerkhead, right? Like, come on, you, you got to do that. So I, yeah, respect. You, yeah, man, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta. The only way to 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 get these people to say, oh, maybe I should change, is to call them out. To shine and, a light and on if it. you can't call them out, find someone else, you know, like myself or whatever that is in a a good position to call them out because I know sometimes you don't want to get fired. You don't got family and all this stuff. Right. So find someone else to call them out. I'm more than happy to, to call them out or, or contact them directly. Right. I, you know, I'm not always hood. I can, I can also contact people directly and have a professional conversation, but sometimes it just takes someone else talking to those people for them to understand and, and start to change. Uh, and some people will never change. Let's just be realistic. Some people will never change. That's just humans. Uh, you know, it's not like dogs or cats that like, they don't really care. As long as you don't eat their food, they're okay with it. Uh, humans, we always sure. try to complicate things. So that's a, that's a very long-winded answer of your, to your question of <laughs> how'd, you, how'd you get you know, kind of on the diversity initiative. But it's, again, it just goes back to it's the, it's the right thing to do to treat people all equally. And um, yeah, again, there was really no epiphany moment. Uh, 
Now, there's always this epiphany moment when you eat Cadbury eggs. I don't know if you guys are fans of those or not, but uh, you always have a good moment. You always I have, have my really one or cool two at Easter. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. I, I, yeah, I'll say I have one or two as, as well, John. As well? Just, just one or two. Well, and I think you, you touched on something uh, as, you were, as you were giving that explanation, which I appreciate, which was the, the fact that I, good ideas come from multiple different perspectives. And I think in order to solve the, the, the issues that we're faced with moving forward, especially as we get into cyber and, you know, this more digital, you know, the metaverse and all of that stuff, you know, it's going to present new challenges that, you know, you don't know where the next great idea is going to come from. And I, I think having that diversity from different perspectives, from different backgrounds, different walks of life is important and invaluable uh, when it comes to trying to create what, what is going to be the next big thing and solving the next great issue. So I, I agree with that completely. Yeah, absolutely. And, and just one, one note on that, you know, I know someone that uh, comes from a very diverse background um, for a number of reasons. And one thing I'll just add for like the, the management out there, the senior leaders out there is when you find those individuals that don't think like you, that think, you know, in a totally different way, maybe don't look like you or, you know, or have the same belief systems as you, Focus on empowering them because this particular individual invented a completely new technology by just having their management team empower them to be able to do so. So you may find yourself, you know, this, this so I, what I want to say about the diversity issue, right? Because some people say, oh, let's hire a diversity officer and everything's good. Think of it as a revenue driver as well, right? Think of it in the business aspect of this can really drive revenue. Your company can explode in growth if you just empower people the right way and bring in a diverse team. If you try to do it the old school way, then uh, good luck. I'll I'll see you in the bankruptcy line, right? So I, I just it's just a, you just have to pivot your mindset. So even if you're even if you have a, a very narrow mindset right now, for someone maybe watching this and saying, "Oh, that guy's terrible. How dare he?" Uh, the reality is, start thinking about your own business though, and say, "Wait a minute here. I need to think as a business owner even and say this can actually drive a lot of revenue growth if I yeah. do this the right way." So definitely empower those people because. You just never know what people are going to come up with. You know, to your point, AJ, you, you never know where the, the next biggest idea is going to come from. And it's probably going to come from someone on your team as long as you empower them and allow them to do what they need to do. Is that an approach that you've that you've taken with your training um, as we're trying to get more people, obviously, to enter cyber is to try to get it into more diverse groups to, to be able to expand their reach? Is that something you've consciously done as you've developed new programs or even what you're doing with Rapid Ascent? Yeah. So, I mean, that's, that's one of the main drivers of the TV show, right? You know, and, and we don't actively advertise that component of it, but if you like actually watch episodes, you'll see very few extremely pale white guys like me. Right. Uh, I have, so yeah, I can concur. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So the reason for that is because oftentimes uh, individuals that, that aren't, you know, fitting the mold of, you know, what, what the, you know, the past or, or current even view of, of, of that people have here in the U S they don't get a chance at a voice. And, you know, this platform, the cyber life in particular, allows them to get their voice in front of literally millions of people globally because there's some kid out there that's going to look at this and say, oh, that person looks like me or talks like me or had a similar you know, experience as me. And that's going to be the thing that pulls them into IT or cyber. It's not going to be the fact that you're showing them how to spin up Kali Linux or, or whatever. Mm -hmm. Like that stuff's cool, but like there's a lot of people that do that. It's going to be that they need to see someone that looks like them successful in these roles. That's going to be the thing that triggers them to say, oh, I can do that. And, and, you know, so that's an initiative there. And, and of course I do it in the classes, but 
um, you know, it's kind of kind of tough to do with a pale white guy on camera to, to do that. But with the show, I can <laughs> bring in guest speakers that have a variety of backgrounds. And again, it's not just a racial thing. There, there's there's a variety of backgrounds there, experiences, life experiences, et cetera. And all that stuff allows some kid out there, even if it reaches five kids, I, that's to me, that's a win because that's, that's five kids that say, oh, those people look like me or they've they've been through a similar challenge as me. They made it through it let me keep going because I can make it through it too now. You know, I understand I can make it through now. So that's really, I mean, across the board, the, the TV show is probably the biggest way that I'm, I'm able to do that right now because with that, I have so much control, right? I, it's mine. I own everything. Sure. I own the trademarks, all the IP. So it's mine. I can control everything about that. And I've gotten pushback from some people like, you need to have so-and-so. I'm like, I'll give you an example. I don't have jerks on the show. So I have a, 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 for anyone watching right now, I do not allow jerks on the show. I filmed with somebody. I was like, this, this person's a jerk. They're all about themselves or, you know, like they're the greatest. I'm like, okay, delete on the episode. You know, through, through the trash. So, uh, it is what it is. That's uh, awesome. But it's nice I having that control, it. guys. It's really it. nice having that control, right? Because you can really, sure. you can really push out, you know, whatever. So uh, don't hit in now is what you're <laughs> Feel free. Feel free. <laughs> yeah, click, click that end button right now. Click, make sure you block. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Uh, I was going to say that lost my train of thought there for a second. Yeah. Right? I, I have a tendency to throw people off. <laughs> what for, for other people that want to get involved to try to help as we're trying to, you know, I, I'm familiar with some of the groups like women and, you know, more women in cyber. Uh, I think it's a, a what, black girls code. There's some other groups like that. Are there any that you would actually advocate for, for, for other people to actually get involved and start contributing back to the community in a meaningful way? I mean, there's so because not everybody's going to start their own TV show. <laughs> uh, come on, guys! What's up? Uh, you know, there's there's so many good organizations. You know, one concern I would have is is trying to name some. Is is uh, I'm going to forget so many. Sure. It really depends on what you're trying to do. I mean, I'm I sit on the board of a number of um, uh, nonprofits that are you know have different intents. Uh, Bebwick is one just for you know women in cybersecurity to start you know for mentoring, etc. Uh, we are talking about bringing in some male allies uh, right now, kind of what that might look like. But as of right now, I'm the only guy in the room uh, because it's it's focused heavily on because there's a lot of creepos out there. For anyone watching this that doesn't know or hasn't experienced that, there's a lot of creepy guys and and women and, and different uh, all sorts of weirdos on on social media. <laughs> and yes. uh, with this this particular nonprofit, we're trying to keep all of that out so people can have a safe environment, especially young sure. women, have a safe environment to learn. Uh, if you want to get into to you know combating uh, like sex trafficking and stuff, which I, I do help a lot on, you know, there's places like Innocent Lives Foundation that you can, you can get involved in. If you're just looking to grow your career, if you're a woman looking to grow your cyber career, there's also Women's Society of Cyber Jitsu that uh, Mary Galloway and mm -hmm. them run. Um, I'm, I'm heavily uh, involved in that stuff too. I try to help wherever I can. I've sponsored a number of young women to get memberships there. So it's just it just really depends on where your interest lies. You know, for someone watching this of what is there a particular area if you're looking at pen testing for example there's a lot of groups about that you know so you can yeah. focus on and get the mentorship and stuff you need so i mean there's literally it, it can get overwhelming sometimes there's hundreds of different uh, organizations and groups and and meetups and and conferences etc that you can you can attend it really just starts with you doing that self-assessment and saying okay what interests me and then just doing a quick search on linkedin or google or something and figure it out what's out there for that area uh, and I think you, you make a very good point there, Ken, is, is that there's so many different ways that somebody can get 
into the technology industry you know because i get people that ask me that all the time like where where do i start i was like well it depends on what you're interested in like you know i, I was speaking earlier this week at a at a university and i was talking to the to uh, some of the MBA students and they were saying, Hey, you know, do you think that coding is necessary in order to be successful? I was like, well, it just depends on what you want to do. I was like, you know, on the network side, maybe not so much. I was like, but there's a, there's other things that, you know, that you have to have another skill set. I was like, there's so many different ways that you can get into technology, let alone cybersecurity that you need to test it and figure out which one you like. I was like, because for me, coding wasn't my jam. I, I didn't like it. Uh, it wasn't my thing. It wasn't something I was really good at and so but i tested it i tried it and i was just like you know what that's not for me but there were other avenues that i that i found myself getting into so i think you know over stressing I, I think we can't stress enough that there's so many different ways that you can get into technology that uh the door is open for everybody just come and find find where you where you want to play at and uh there's plenty of others that are, that'll want to play in that same vein with you i guarantee it yeah, I'll tell you right now, coding's not my jam either. I'm I'm good at Python, but if if I have a choice of hiring someone or doing it myself, I'm, I'm hiring every day of the week. Yeah, uh, you know, one, coding with a K, so that <laughs> that tells you where I'm at. It's, it's a, it, hey, it's that new language. It's a new language. It's you invented, yeah. you know, I I will say I will say just you know, kind of tacking on to you know, after you find your idea or what interests you. Most people think out there that you have to go get a job. Like everyone's so focused on, I need to get a job and work for someone else, get experience. You can get experience by selling your skills to smaller business owners who can't afford to hire like a full-time employee. So yeah. never count that out. If you're, if you're sitting out there right now watching this, you're struggling saying, man, if I only could get the job or someone gave me a chance, well, create your own opportunity and reach out to like your local city government here in the U S and say, Hey, or the chamber of commerce, Say, hey, I want to do some free webinars uh, or write some free apps for some of the small business owners out there or something like that or do a free webinar, whatever it is. And they'll connect you with small business owners in your area that don't have the money to hire like a full-time IT or cyber person. And you can, number one, get some experience. Number two, after a couple of them and you get some reviews, you start charging yeah. people, making yeah, you, you know maybe a couple reputation. grand or something. Yeah. And, yeah. and you may find that you actually may grow a business out of that. And you'll be like, I'll never work for someone else. Forget that. Stuff. Yep. <laughs> so, uh, so, so don't count that out. You know, people, I, people all the time are asking me like, how do you I get a job? I'm like, just get the experience by selling your services. I mean, at some point in history, like, for example, if I was a carpenter back in, you know, the 1700s and you came up to me and you're like, oh man, that house looks beautiful. I'm like, oh yeah, I did all this myself you're not going to like ask me for a college degree or certs or any of that stuff. <laughs> you're not, you're going to be like, Oh, can you do it with mine? I'm like, yeah, it's, you know, whatever price, you know, I don't know what three moccasins. I don't know what they traded back then, but whatever it is. And you're going to, and you're going to pay me that. Right. Or you're going to figure out a way to, to try to barter with me and, and pay or whatever. You're not going to worry, be worried about that. I worked at Amazon for five years. That doesn't matter. Right. It's, can I do it? Right. And so you can show that you can do it by, doing it <laughs> for lack of better words, by doing it for small businesses and stuff. So just wanted to share that as well. Can, can no, I, I do have one agree. question off of that. Um, why would you ever want three moccasins? Like <laughs> wouldn't you need four at least. Well, 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 <laughs> you may be out, right. And sometimes you start step with the right foot. It gets dirty. You know, you step in the dog. So you need something. to have that third. You got moccasin. the third backup plan just in case. Yeah, <laughs> got yeah. it. Got it. If you have four. That's extra weight. You know, four is too much. <laughs> I love it. I love it. <laughs> Well, speaking of, you know, people going out, you know, making their own path, which I, I'm absolutely, totally 1000% behind that after things, you know, things happen in life. I'll leave it at that. 
But, you know, one of the areas that's been talked about for years is just the, the, the shortage and the need completely in, in the whole cybersecurity area. Being that you're, you know, a leading trainer in there, are we making a dent? Is there enough people actually actively getting trained to start making a dent in the need that's out there for some of these places? Yeah. So the good news is there's a lot of people being trained, right? You see them all sorts of all over social media, right? They've got multiple degrees from different universities. They've got a, you know, a ton of certs, all this stuff. So they're getting trained. The problem is they're getting trained in a lot of knowledge, and companies are needing people that can walk in day one and deliver value, right? So there's that disconnect, right? Um, yep. Very complex problem. You know, we'll maybe try to try to break it down a little on this episode. So from the from the employee side, what you don't typically see is you don't really understand that the employer may have a limited cyber IT team, or you might be the only one they're trying to hire. They are not going to have the resources to mentor you as you want, right? This not this is not like back when I got in IT where where, you know, the world hadn't exploded quite yet. And there was time, you know, when there's resources to kind of guide new people. That doesn't really exist anymore in most companies, right? Larger ones, sure. But like your average size company, they don't have the resources to sit there and handhold you day one on everything, right? Yes, there's an onboarding. Yes, there's something like that. But they, they really can't have someone sit with you for four months and right. talk you through everything that you should have known before coming in, right? Which is one of the reasons why they usually ask for some kind of experience, right? Even if it's IT experience. Um, not saying that that should be the way it is, but that's, you know, that's predominantly you know, one of the ways it is. Uh, the other aspect is people are not training on some of the things they actually need to be doing on the job, right? Like, yeah, it's one thing to spin up Cali Linux, but you do, do you really know what you're doing? And I'll tell you my own experience. Like, there's so many of these labs out there, right? But like the lab, you go through it, you follow, you know, step by step, or maybe it's a CTF, so you have to do some stuff on your own. But still at the end of it, and I don't know how everyone else feels, but everyone I've spoken to, including myself, I, I'm sitting there like, well, what the heck? Like, how does this apply in the real world? Like, I don't understand, right? And yeah, there might be a little scenario or whatever, but like, I still don't get it. And, this is like ninth grade algebra. <laughs> no, exactly. Yeah, you're like, when am I ever going to use this crap, right? Yeah. Uh, and and in reality, it's a lot of tools and the trainings and stuff. I mean, you spin those up in a corporate network, you're immediately you know flagged by the IR team and getting a phone call. What are you doing? You know, stuff like that. Uh, your machine's cut off. You can't access the internet. You're like, what just happened? Well, yeah, you try to spin up Mimi Cats. Come on. Um, so there's a lot of things like that, right? So there's a disconnect of what employers are wanting, essentially, is what I'm getting at, and what people are actually being trained on. The other aspect there is you see all these programs, including college degrees. I'm not going to knock that, by the way, because obviously I have mine. I did, you know, I wanted them for a bucket list item. But the reality is when you're done, you get a resume template, you know, career services, resume template. And yeah, here's a go check on Indeed or Career Builder. A lot of them say Career Builder or Monster. I'm like, who uses that anymore? <laughs> but like, that's, that's what, you know, that's what you're given, right? You have no opportunities, yeah. right? So, you know, those are some of the, the, the main challenges there is people, the, the opportunities just don't, they don't exist in the, in the traditional sense like they used to usually uh, at the broader level of companies willing to take you in with like nothing and say, all right, cool, let's train you up. Uh, again, there's a lot of co big companies that have onboarding processes, right? But they still want you to have some like foundational things going in. So my suggestion to those out there watching this, figure out what companies really need, like talk to some hiring managers, say what, like what problems, like if someone took this job that you have open right now, I'm not saying I'm qualified for it, but just asking you, if I took this job or somebody took this job right now, like what are some of the things you would have them doing in the first 30 days? Like what are some of the projects? And if they tell you that, say, okay, cool. I want to get experience in that. So yes, maybe I'm not the right fit right now, but I want to get experience in that so I can join your team at some point. So what do you suggest for me? Can you give me some scenarios or 
whatever to work through on my own. And then I can come back and you give me some feedback or whatever. When you ask, when, number one, closed mouths don't get fed. I think it was a Tyler Perry movie I saw that on or something. I don't know. But somewhere. Hey, it might have been Mindia or someone saying that as she <laughs> shot at somebody. But, you know, closed mouths don't get fed. If you don't ask, like, I don't meet, I don't read minds, right? You guys don't read minds unless you've invented some technology I don't know about. Uh, by the way, share it if you have it. But we don't read minds. So if you <laughs> don't the ask, then you're never going to get it, right? So if you just ask right. hiring managers and other people across social media for some help and saying, hey, I'm trying to... This is what I'm trying to do. I want to make sure I can get the job and deliver value day one. So what do you suggest, right? And if you hear spin up Cali Linux, then get away from that person, get find away. somebody else, ask, them, <laughs> ask somebody else the question because that's not going to do you any good, just spinning up some tools and stuff if you don't understand the tool, right? If you understand SIM tools, then it doesn't matter if, if you only have like Splunk experience from college and we're using QRadar. But if, if you understand a SIM tool and like the whole purpose behind it, mm -hmm then I can take you and I can put you through some training with IBM on key radar and get you some mentorship, you know, from the team and I can use someone like that. Right. So I, for me, I hire for attitude and aptitude like that. That's, uh, that's what absolutely. I assess. Right. So I, I want someone with the right attitude that's willing to put in the work that's willing to, you know, be a good member of the team. Not, not every day be complaining about stuff. Like, yeah, we all complain here and there. Right. But I don't want someone every day complaining like a little whiner. I want someone that can, fit with the team and, and, you know, put in the work and then aptitude, can they actually grasp things? And, and it could yeah. be that maybe the course we've given them isn't the right fit. Maybe I need to pay for them to go to some other training or whatever, but it, do they have the aptitude for getting, you know, capturing this information? If you can find people with those two things like me personally, and I know a lot of hiring managers that are the same way. It doesn't matter if you got a college degree certs. I mean, I, none of that stuff in your resume ever will matter to me. I don't even really look at resumes. I, I really don't. Like if I, if I was hiring or something like that for cyber life, which at some point I will, but not right now. So please don't send me a message asking for a job. But <laughs> when I hire, Ken at. Yeah, yeah, Ken at, <laughs> right, yeah, send, send five copies of your resume, make sure I got it. You know? um, like all those sales pitch emails you guys uh -huh. probably get too. like, did you get my last 27 messages? I did. And I'm going to put them as, I'm going to mark them as fishing just like this one. Uh, but but, you know, I, I look for those things, right? And so I look, I actually look for uh, people that are doing their personal branding on LinkedIn that are putting in the work and I keep seeing them putting in the work. And if I don't have an opportunity, those are the people that I will actually reach out to and say, hey, uh, if you're looking right now for a role, because I notice you're, you know, you're going through training or whatever and you keep posting and you're dedicated or whatever, uh, if you're comfortable with that, I can start sharing your name out with some people. And if you're looking for a role, if you're not, let me know. I don't want to, you know, like get you in trouble or whatever, but, but let me know. And usually they're the ones looking for a role, but they're actually taking the initiative, right? They're, again, going back to the attitude and aptitude, they got the right attitude. They're saying, look, I could sit around waiting, applying through a thousand jobs, crying myself to sleep, or I could take the advice of others that have told me personal branding and posting and, you know, get my name out there. Even if I'm not an expert in this thing, right, I'm going to show my learning journey. So I'm getting my name out there. Those are the people that I, I feel comfortable, even if I don't personally know them. Because I've, I've helped a lot of people get jobs. I, I, I talked to them once, and that's in chat, right? And that's it. Mm -hmm. uh, but, but they get the job, and it's because, and I feel comfortable with putting my name on, you know, stamping my, my Ken name on them because they're putting in the work, right? They're, they're putting in the right work. They're keeping the right attitude. They're consistent with it. And it's easy for me then to introduce them to someone. When someone reaches out, and let's say AJ reaches out and says, I need a sock analyst, Ken. We just came out of a meeting. We haven't posted it yet. Do you know anyone good? And let's just say, John, you were, you were looking for a SOC analyst role and I watched you kind of posting for 
for a little while on LinkedIn. I'm like, all right, John's learning these things. I'm going to say, hey, AJ, yeah. there's this John guy. I don't know him personally, but, man, he's been posting like crazy. He's learning stuff. He's doing really well. The way he explains in a video, it's almost like he's been doing this for 20 years. Uh, you should really connect with him. I mean, do you, you check out some of his posts and then let me know what you think. And if, if it looks good, I'll connect you guys and let you take it from there. That's literally helped. Um, I mean, I haven't kept track for a while, but hundreds of people have gotten jobs that way. So it's it's nice. not the the old school 1990s way. For some people watching this, are like, what are the 90s? I saw that in the museum. But for others, <laughs> you don't have to worry about that with us. Yeah, yeah I, I was like, uh, John, don't try to claim you don't know what the 90s is. You know, um, but you know, back 80s. in the 90s, right? You could apply for you know a job and on a on a, a job board, and you would get a car, sure. you know, whatever. You can't do that anymore, right? You have to do personal no. branding. You have to think outside the box. That old school way does not work to find jobs. It doesn't. I haven't heard. Also, uh, let me say this, just about LinkedIn. Commenting for visibility does not help you get a job. People that comment for visibility on your post does not help you get a job. It's just, nobody has ever reached out to me and said, oh my gosh, because somebody said commenting for visibility on my post, I just got a job offer. I have never met anyone. So please, for those that keep doing it on my post, please, please <laughs> stop that crap. Like it hey, doesn't work. <laughs> I've, seen your, I've seen your post. I was telling AJ ahead of time, if somebody has a, as a, a four uh, a four choice multiple question answer. You always write it in the fifth, and it's usually pretty funny. So. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I keep, I keep track of that. I'm like, come on, only four choices. Let's add some here. <laughs> There's a few others I could think of. <laughs> Sometimes they're not appropriate, so just keep that in mind. Yeah. <laughs> I want to flip the script on you real quick because this is something that I see particularly on. There's a lot of infosec on Twitter, but also on LinkedIn, and it's the companies that are looking to hire cybersecurity experts, but they don't know what they're looking for. They can't tell the difference between certifications yeah. and mm -hmm. what actually is the experience they need. So they kind of, they cobble together this gobbledygook of thing. This is an entry level job when you're like, man, that's like nine different people in totally different sectors and requires about 15 years of experience. So how, how, how can these that are actually hiring get better at, at determining what they need in a field that they don't understand. Yeah, I've never seen job posts like that. What are you talking about, John? Entry <laughs> <laughs> uh, level position requires CISSP. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Kitchen sink in your firstborn yep. and tw twelve PhDs usually. Yep. Yeah, yeah. So I don't think we're going to get rid of that problem anytime soon, right? Because a lot of organizations have, you know, say a recruiter or you know HR or something, and it's no fault of theirs, right? They're like, here's I need this job, and it's like they don't tell them anything, so they go Google search and they pull from different job descriptions, whatever, hoping that they get enough things in there. So it's, you know, I'm not going to blame recruiters, hiring managers as people traditionally do, because you know, there's challenges on all sides of that. I think the, I think the biggest thing is if you're looking for to bring in some kind of a security role in your company, like this is kind of a newer thing, please reach out to people on LinkedIn that are in those roles and say, Hey, look, I'm going to, I'm looking to hire we need to create a role. This is what we're trying to do in the company. Cause maybe you're totally wrong. You have no clue what you're doing. Right. Cause you don't know. So just ask people like, this is what we need to do. Like I need a cyber person that can kind of control and help us with reducing risk and all these things. And, you know, talk to people and, and people will tell you, okay, you, you probably, you may not like the conversation. Cause they're probably going to tell you, you need like five or six people. <laughs> and, and oftentimes companies try to get away with like, let me get one person who can do it all. Well, no, you're not going to get the unicorn. If you do, the unicorn's going to leave pretty quickly once another higher yeah. salary comes in. So you want to get other people, you know, even if you hire lower, lower, not lower level people, but I, I can't think of the way to say it, but people with less skill set or whatever at a lower rate, 
but you can have a, like a team, right? And you can mold that team right. and they'll be very loyal because you gave people a chance. They're going to be like, oh my gosh, finally got my chance or whatever. Ken was wrong. I got my chance. <laughs> but, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, it's just a matter of like, you know, talking to people. I mean, you can, if the, the whole copy and paste of different job posting is not the way. The whole uh, aspect of um, let's put a barrier of a certification in place or a college degree. That's not the answer because you, you, you disqualify People, even like myself, that came from disadvantaged backgrounds that don't have the money for college. I didn't have college money until I went in the military. Like, I, I didn't have money for college. It was never a thing on my radar. In fact, uh, this is recorded, so we won't. So I had a different, I, I had different things. I, I, no edits. Got, <laughs> I got into different things in my youth. Uh, but, you know, but, uh, but uh, I actually did. So a little story on me. I did have one, uh, one teacher that thought I, I could, like, be somebody. Uh, way back when I was younger, and so I was uh, I was not not in the right lifestyle in uh, freshman year of high school. But this teacher had actually recommended me a couple years before in uh, junior high for this thing they called it talent search, you know, like a scholarship thing to the local uh, community college. And so I got called down to the principal's office one day. I won't tell you all the aspects of that, but uh, but I was called down there. And long story short, he said, "Hey, you know, call me some names," but. They said, hey, you got this, uh, stop messing up, you know, with your grades because you got, you know, teacher recommend you for this thing. You know, these are the requirements that you have to meet to, to keep this. But basically, you get a, a two-year, two years of college paid, you know, over at the community college. Um, that was a life-changing moment for me, actually, because I was, like, I had, there was no money for college. That was not, it was never going to be on my radar, right? I was just a poor kid. Uh, but that changed things. I was like, oh, I have a shot. And, like, it was a mindset pivot. You know, I got my eventually got my act together on some things and, and here I am, but I, but I didn't have that yeah. money for college. Right. And so when you put those college degree requirements or the certifications, all that stuff, you may say, Oh, it's only a couple hundred dollars cert. But for someone that's literally living paycheck to paycheck, they don't have that money to get that search. You're automatically disqualifying a lot of talented people that you, right. that could really help you explode your company and everything, but you're ignoring them because they don't have a cert or a degree and stuff. So, I mean, as far as like writing job descriptions, the best thing you can do as a as a organization out there is saying we need more cyber people or we need some cyber people. Start talking to people in the industry. Most of us are willing to help you for free and give you some advice and say, hey, okay, based off what you're telling me, you need, you know, X, Y, and Z people. And you can probably hire, you know, this one as a more senior level or intermediate level and then hire some more junior level for these couple of roles. And that senior level person can kind of mentor them and build out a team. So you then you got three people for the price of, you know, this unicorn you're trying to get or whatever. So, I mean, that's the biggest thing I, I can say on that. It's, it's a problem that's not going to go away anytime soon, I can assure you. Right. But the biggest thing is just, you know, again, kind of going back to the, you know, people applying for jobs, ask for the help. There's a lot of people willing to to help you and kind of guide you, even as a, as a business owner. You just have to suck it up, suck up your pride out there, those listening, and actually just ask for the help. And the help is already there. It's there. It's You just have to ask for it. Awesome. Couldn't agree with you more. Well, as we are coming up to time, AJ, any any final questions? Because I'm feeling, I, I'll be honest with you, I haven't went through all my bullet points. So I'm feeling a part two coming at some point down, <laughs> down may, the road. There, there Ken is to open be. to it. But any, any, any final questions for him right now? Uh, the only question that I would have, me being an Army veteran myself, I, I attribute 
my success in life to the, the core principles that the, the military helped to instill within me. And so with you being a veteran, I always like to ask my fellow veterans, uh, how, how much of an impact did that did your military career have on who you became and where you're at now? Um, so for me, the military career was an opportunity for a really the reason I went in. You know, a lot of people have different reasons. Um, for me, I went in for two main reasons. Uh, number one, a steady paycheck. Uh, because I was very bad financially at that time. Uh, second reason was, of course, girls, because uh, I, I had seen that uh, the paramedics, you know, were getting all the girls in town. I was like, oh, I want to be a paramedic, you know, and I'll get all the girls. So, you know, different, you know, as you're younger, when you're younger, especially as a single guy, you know, different things drive you. So those were the two main reasons 100%. I went in. Now, the when I got in the military, um, nothing. Uh, so th- one piece of advice I got early on, but I, I wasn't going to quit because I didn't have a choice. It was that or like go back to being extremely poor. Uh, not saying you get, yeah. by the way, those out there that haven't served in the military, you're not getting rich, but it's, it was richer than I was. <laughs> yeah. You're like, no way. No <laughs> it is way. stable. It is stable. It's stable, right? You get some food, you get, you know, things like that. Yeah. So for me, I had a lot of the grit already because of all the experiences I had to go through as a child, you know, so I had, I had the grit and stuff like that. And I just naturally had a lot of the, you know, the, the, the core principles that they instilled in people. I already had all this stuff. Um, the military really for me was, was opportunity. It, it, it allowed me to get put in different situations, got me outside of my my uh, environment, got me in different environments where other opportunities opened up for me, you know, later in life. So for me, I think that was a pivotal moment making that decision because I was able to get outside of, you know, what at that and what I didn't realize at the time was such a, a very contained environment that would have yeah, that would have really been yeah. detrimental to my yeah. life had I stayed in that. Completely agree. Awesome. Well, Ken, really appreciate your time. Um, I cannot wait till we can do part two. Um, yeah, I mean, maybe for part two, excellent. you guys can uh, convince, you know, like Beyonce, Jay-Z to hop on too. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Nice. I got it. I'll put AJ, that request AJ has now been assigned. <laughs> I'll put that request in. I got it. Perfect, perfect. <laughs> so awesome. And uh, any final words, AJ? And if not, we'll say see you on the next one. No, thanks for your time, Ken. This has been a lot of fun. And uh, I look forward to, like John said, doing number two and, and a continua- continuation upon this. And uh, for everybody out there, thanks for, for listening. Thanks for coming by. And until next time. Yep. And links for everything will be in the show notes. Oh, actually, one final thing. If people want to reach out, What's the best way for them to, to contact you? I almost I almost forgot the most important question of the show. Yeah, so, oh, so, oh, man, I'm terrible. Yeah, ter- terrible, <laughs> terrible. So if you ever watch the movie Batman, there's that bat signal. Uh, just, you know, oh, yeah, just yes. shine that. No, uh, LinkedIn, I'm on, I'm on LinkedIn. I technically do have a Twitter. I've, like, never used it. I actually am deleted soon. Uh, Twitter, to me, was, is just too much stuff going on. It, I find it, it's, it's a big time suck, so, like, I go down the rabbit hole. <laughs> so LinkedIn uh, is where you can connect with me. You can just look up my name. You'll find me on there. Uh, Cyber Life, you can go to cyberlife.tv and you'll find a direct link to the show or just download that Binge Networks app or you can just look look it up on like literally, I think almost every streaming TV. There's probably more out there, which I'm sure I'll get access to eventually. But there's a lot of other, a lot of channels. You can find it almost anywhere in the world. And also I post some of the episodes over on LinkedIn uh, here and there. And also I usually post them on, on the YouTube channel. So any number of ways, LinkedIn's the best way to like direct message me. That's the best way to direct message me. Or again, the bat signal may work too. <laughs> Sounds good. All right. Well, I appreciate it. Yeah. Thanks, guys. Appreciate you having me on.